Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Um, it's so good to see you. Welcome. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this episode on Momnificent, I am so excited, grateful, and super happy to have Gina Mappa on for the second time on this podcast. And since our last interview, she published a book. So congratulations again, Gina. Thank you so much. It's so surreal. I love that. I love coming on ahead of time. And then, you know, now we get to the after and, uh, and it's out in the world and we get to talk about all the things in a different way. So yeah. It's and so awesome. And I, I told you, I gave the book to someone I know and they were like, thank you so much. And I didn't even think about the fact that they were grateful for it, for their own adult kids. Yeah. And I didn't even, I wasn't thinking of her kids, you know, and the fact that she was so grateful for herself and to have something also for her kids. I was like, this is so amazing. And I remember I got so excited to text you. I'm like, Gina, you're the best. You I know. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for your PR. Um, but also, <laughs> no, I mean, one of the, the, one of the hardest things about this is knowing that, or having the intention of wanting it to be so helpful or a safe place to land for someone, but not being able to get it to them. And so you know, you knowing the people that you know and being the support that you are for so many people, this is just, it's so meaningful to me that you're able to get them support in this way. So I'm just grateful to be a part of it in a small way. And I don't even think I told you that I just shared it with another person two days ago. No. And and okay, this was like a random person that I, I came across and they started talking and their daughter is struggling with sleep mm -hmm. apnea from the loss of her dad. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, I have a book. I know a book. I have a book from an author that I know. And I love her. And hey, if it helps, great. If it doesn't, like not all books speak to all people, right? So and true. so that's so, what's so beautiful about that. Cause I gave a book another book to someone else, a different book, and they were like, they looked at the title and they were like, oh my gosh, no, thank you. And I was like, okay. Like it's okay. Right. Like you never know what is gonna speak to someone so it's so anyway. true it's true so thank um, you though that's friendship right there i appreciate you <laughs> thank you and um so again those of you who are listening this is gina Mafa. she is a grief therapist in new york yes. city you I can am. follow her on instagram which i do too you can follow her on tiktok which i do as well just oh goodness plug out there i've got I to do better it. at tiktok i'm really not i'm not good at tiktok i follow you because you actually it's like you know when you watch those fitness videos and you eat cookies <laughs> that's kind of where i'm at with it i love watching other people's things but my own i'm like oh i don't know that i can do it but but i have to get better you're doing it well the, I do want the fact is you just do it to you just step out and do it and you just true. get better as you do it like anything that's uh so true. We're gonna dive right in to Gina's book uh, this Let's evening because I love this thing that you mentioned where you say, you don't have to choose between falling apart or staying strong while grieving your loss. So maybe you are listening out there right now. Maybe you know someone or you've experienced this yourself, grief, loss, and maybe you feel like I can't, 
I can't like decide like, like, is it okay to look like I'm falling apart or feel like I'm falling apart? Or I just have to stay strong and like maybe that feeling of needing to choose. And so Gina, if you could just walk us through that in a few minutes here, I'd love to hear what you would say to our listeners. Yeah, you know, actually, I think that's one of the hardest parts about grieving because we have so much historically that we have taken on from society and what society thinks we should be doing, such as putting a time limit on it, having it look a certain way. You know, I, I always say, you know, you can't be too sad and you can't be too happy during grief because society will judge both of them. And you can't look like you're having relief and you can't look like you're falling apart because society will judge those. And so really, I think what that is, is the permission to feel what you feel as you feel it, but also to make sure that you can find a safe place to fall apart or to be vulnerable, to be fragile, to be with your tenderness and, and make sure that you also are surrounded by the right people. Because I think what can happen is that we are with people who judge our journey and our path, who are, you know, or they care so much about us that they want us to feel better immediately. And so we think that we have all of these expectations and pressure on us. And so then we hurry up. And I just wanted this to be a permission slip that, you know, you can grieve for as long as you need to grieve. I hope you also find relief and you find support in that. But also it's okay not to grieve right away. And it's also okay to take breaks and distract yourself. And so really it's that permission to have it be what it is for you in every given moment, any given moment in every given moment. Because if we look outside of us, we're never going to have an honest grieving experience because somebody will always have some judgment or some expectation or some hope for us or some fear. And we'll always be looking to make it okay for other people and not necessarily be honest with ourselves. So that was really what that was about. I love that. The permission. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting how sometimes we just, sometimes we have difficulty giving ourselves permission. So sometimes yeah. if someone says to you, you have the permission to feel what you need to feel right now. And I feel like yeah. that's what you're teaching us in this book. And you know what's what's crazy about this, Gina? Like the more I was thinking about these questions we were gonna be talking about, the more I realized, and I, I maybe I'm making this connection or this aha, or and I'm, I'm so curious your thoughts on this. I, I wanna venture to say the most, the average person doesn't necessarily do this in normal life. Yeah. And then you have a loss and you, we really don't know how to give ourselves permission because on a normal day, I feel like as a society, we struggle with giving ourselves permission to take care of our mental health. Even if like, I know that's such a big buzzword now that everyone's like mental health, my God, mental health. Mm -hmm. But I actually think it's true because it like is. you're saying, there's these, these society norms that we show up and everything's fine. And if you show up and everything's falling apart, that's not acceptable either. <laughs> and so, like as as you were talking and as I'm looking at these questions, I'm like, this is even more true in a loss. And this is actually true for us on an everyday basis. It really is. It is. And I think this highlights that, you know, we, and I think I also mentioned it in the book, you know, the way that we cope <laughs> is really the way we grieve. So the way that we okay. handle everyday stressors. Of course yeah, you said. And it's hard. <laughs> it was. No, so it's not in my aha. It. it was it already. No, no. You already. No, no. I. It's definitely your aha. But it's like. And. <laughs> it's like 
understanding that more. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. And, and thank you for highlighting that yeah. because it really is something that, and, and, and look on my Instagram, I think I say it every day. We have to do better for ourselves and other people. We have to give ourselves permission to be authentic and vulnerable and safe and, and brave you know, yeah. uh, and, and it's really hard. It it's so hard. hard in this fast moving society. COVID made it seemingly move faster. And these and, you know, false expectations that we all live by that we think everyone's living by. And in reality, it's kind of like making videos. People are people tend to be like, well, oh, it's not perfect. I can't. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know what? People don't want perfect anymore. They just want you raw. You just be you. There's nobody like you show up as you just do it. That's actually what people love. Yeah. And it's, it's just breaking through that mindset of like, oh, it has to be like, because oh, that's what we're used to. I think we're, we're in that place because we know that you can't be too much of one thing. And that's what it is, right? Yeah. We love yeah. the TikTok when it's raw, but when it's too raw, it's really not. It, we we, we want to get past it right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's too uncomfortable, we don't want anything to do with it. And, and so we always put pressure on one another to find that happy balance of just raw enough, just disturbing enough, just a little bit of a crash and not a whole crash, you know? And I think that's, what's really hard. And especially for those going through anything, that's a major painful, challenging, difficult life event is that we really don't know where it's safe to be us. And because we change and especially after losses, we're, we're, we don't know what we need. We don't know how we're going to feel. If we knew how we were going to feel, it wouldn't be as devastating as it is. But we don't know from one minute to the next. That's why plans are hard to make. And, you know, we, we don't know how we're going to feel. And I think if we, if we knew, it would be less of this turbulent, unpredictable, traumatizing event at times. But, you know, it's, that's what makes it so, I think that's what makes it even more painful. Yeah or feeling like you're the only one who goes through this or go or yeah. so then then you just might get that feeling of like it's wrong because i feel like, like i'm the only one which is what i think probably your books and books like yours are helpful like it's okay you're not the only one like experiencing this it's normal to feel what you're feeling it's okay yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. just i love that one of your chapters um focuses on freedom this kind of like what we were just talking about <clears throat> freedom to feel what you feel and i i i that really stood out to me because like again even on a normal day are we in tune with what's happening in our body physically when someone says or does something the stress the level mm -hmm. of stress that we're handling um freedom to feel what you feel tell us a little bit about that yeah i mean i I think it's, it, it's something that I didn't realize was not common sense, right? It, it always just occurred to me that we feel what we feel, but so many of us push it down. We're taught to push it down. We're, we're taught to be in this repressed state. We're taught to hide and cloak and we shame ourselves into, you know, pretending that things are not hard or things are not falling apart. And I think that it's such a silly and common sense reminder that you can feel how you feel as long. And my caveat is always, as long as you feel safe, my hope is that people can find a safe place to feel um, or a safe place to not feel right. That, that it's okay, whatever it is, as long as we're not gaslighting ourselves on a constant basis, as long as we're not bullying ourselves into not experiencing 
what it is that we're experiencing and pushing it down. Um, you know, I think that we have so much pressure that grief or trauma or anything painful, depression has to look a certain way. And so we get really self-conscious if our grief experience doesn't look like what we compare to other people. And so it really is just that chapter, it's, it's early on in the book, is really a gentle reminder that whatever it is that you're experiencing, and maybe you're in survival mode, and maybe you don't have the capacity to grieve right now or to experience intense emotions because you're caretaking or you've got other kids or you have a flare-up of a chronic illness or you have to get back to work because you don't have bereavement leave and i want to acknowledge that as well because it's okay then to feel what you feel about that and it's okay to have to not grieve right now and it's okay if you have to deal with funeral arrangements or other practical pragmatic things and i think it's really just for me a permission slip to, to be in the moment with what's happening as safely as we possibly can. And if we can't, to somehow create that for ourselves by reaching out or other things, but or accepting that help. But that's really the point. And it's really a chapter of reminders, different types of reminders. Yeah. And I love how you, you were saying, like, we think everybody knows that or should know it, right? And it reminds me of, uh, another guest I had on the podcast and she was teaching me like just take a minute and check in with yourself like mm. like where notice where you're holding is like is does your body feel tense anywhere just notice it yeah like and ask yourself like what do I need right now and if you really just in a quiet moment ask yourself that it might be something different than your normal go-to yeah I literally was just thinking about that today um and yeah so no it's powerful freedom to powerful what you feel i love that i love that chapter um you also talk about oh this is so good exactly kind of what we were just saying you say my body was calling and i was on do not disturb i love <laughs> it i love that way that you put that in what ways does our body call while grieving and why is it important to listen to our body how do we even listen to our body well, this is one I learned the hard way myself, <laughs> and I talk about that in the book. Um, you know, I think we're taught to believe that grief is a um, is more of an emotional experience than anything else, and it is a full body experience. It does so much to our bodies. The stress alone, you know, it creates inflammation. It will batter our immune system. It will leave us exhausted. We will have you know, our mind races, palpitations, um, gastrointestinal issues, our sleep cycles will be mixed up. You know, we'll have heart-related issues, blood pressure rises, um, you know, blood clots even potentially. And for me, there was something going on where a, a couple of my organs just decided they wanted to act up and I wound up with hypothyroidism and um, an insulin disorder, and I didn't, I didn't realize that it could possibly have anything to do with my grief and, and all of the stress. It was really the stress yeah. of grieving yeah. that, you know, I didn't have the time. You know, I, I talk about it in my book, but I had multiple losses all in one week, and I didn't actually feel like I had the luxury of grieving, and I didn't know what that looked like. You know, I'm a grief therapist, so there was a certain arrogance in me thinking that I knew already how to do it, how to play the game. And um, 
and I was incredibly wrong and incredibly humbled <laughs> very quickly. Um, and it was, it was really painful, you know, but after the shock and adrenaline of loss wears off, we really do have to be mindful, kind of exactly what you were just saying of putting your hand on your body, you know, in this way and checking in and, and really being as mindful as possible that your body will take in the emotions, will take in the stress. And if you don't give it any attention, and if you are not taking care of your body, and I call it survival care, not self-care, because it really is sometimes life or death. We have to, we have to include our body in whatever care that we're doing after loss. It's imperative. And so whether that means we get a physical or blood work, or we simply check in with our body more, we make sure that we're drinking enough water or getting enough rest, even if we can't sleep, we're eating enough protein, getting some sunlight, getting movement, you know, that stuff seems so common sense. But after a loss, when someone is really distraught or they're really busy or they have to caretake like we were just talking about, it's going to go by the wayside. And these simple reminders that seem like common sense just won't occur. And so for me, you know, I, I have to keep on stressing that do not have your phone on do not disturb regarding your body, because if you ignore it, it will get louder. It will knock louder at your door. And so it's really just important to include that in whatever care you're giving yourself. And it reminds me of the title of that book, um, The Body the body Feels Everything or The Body... You know the Body that? Keeps the Score? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is such well, a good book. I read much, that yeah. and I was like, whoa. Mm. Wow. Yeah, for that'll, sure. That'll really shift your thinking of how you take care of your body when you read that book. Um, how do you be real about grief with yourself and those around you when we live in a world, like you were saying, the societal norm that you don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. And um, I mean, yeah, we, you kind of touched on it a little, is there anything else you want to add to that? On how to be real with our grief? Yeah. Cause like, like we were saying, like people, you think people are, expecting you to show up like everything is fine or or whatever yeah. whatever you think people yeah. are thinking you should or shouldn't show up of. or i just had a loss and i'm gonna go do something fun and what will that look like to other like right like it could be anything like yeah the expectation maybe that just looms over us that's probably you would say just steals you from being really able to check into what you need and whatever that is for you it's right Absolutely. You know, and, and something I also talk about in the book is really for people who aren't taught how to feel or that feelings are dangerous. You know, I, there were so many, there are so many people I work with that are like, I wasn't really allowed to cry. You know, there were, there was that generation where some parents would say like, you're going to cry. I'll give you something to cry about, <laughs> you know? And, and so you just learned, you know, to, you know, to push it in and you learned that maybe emotions were dangerous, you know, you just, and so there's so many different scenarios of where we aren't taught how to understand or be real with our emotions because it, like, because it isn't safe. And so I think one of the important things, and I also, and I hate saying this, I talk about this in my book. I never wanted to be that person. Um, and yet I talk about this in my book because yes. it's really important to understand that not not everybody feels safe feeling. And so we can't be real with our feelings if we don't feel safe to be real with our feelings. And so really understanding that and uncovering that to me is one of the first steps with getting real. 
because we can say get real be authentic all we want right it sounds amazing it's all the buzzwords but if we don't feel safe and we don't have that sense of courage that we should do it anyway because the price is too high or maybe we have a history of abuse in our family whatever it may be then we don't know we can't start there we have to start with understanding why it's not safe to feel and having somebody safely be with us while we try it out and that's really the power of therapy and the, or the power of uh, you know safe coaching whatever it may be with healing because I, to have somebody there who can create a co-regulation with you who can create a place for you to safely understand your feelings and even try them out is is a really important place to start because we can't be real with others if we're not real with ourselves and we can't be real with ourselves if we don't know how to be real with ourselves because being real was never safe and so that's really important as a place to start you know and and i think that's the important part of understanding our grief experience too and and our emotions right because when people come to see me they're not coming to see me just for grief yes they've had a loss but i look at your whole life and we look at the good stuff we look at the bad stuff we look at the painful stuff the trauma we look at the ways that you've gotten through things we look at your the resiliency we look at the strengths we look at all of the the triumph you know but it is important to understand how we've gotten through the hard times and 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 the things that we've been through that maybe we've gotten stuck in or we cycle through and we cycle around so um that's me advocating for therapy but the right kind of therapy yeah well Oh, I think it, that was quite a statement you said, and I'm going to say it again because you said it and it really, it really stood out to me. Some of us don't feel safe with our feelings. Is that what you said? Yeah. I said we can't be authentic with other people about our feelings if we're not authentic with ourselves. And we can't be authentic with ourselves if we can't, we don't feel safe enough yeah. to, to feel our, yeah. our feelings. Yeah. So good. This is so good. Um, oh, and did you see that I came up with a title for another book for you? <laughs> I think, wait, yes, I just did that. <laughs> I, I, lo I love this. Healing Hearts, Navigating Grief. I love, love that. You're, I mean, you're genius. <laughs> I was like, this is so beautiful. This is so Gina. Um, so how can someone find and follow you? Um, well, you can find me here on the Instagram um, at Gina Maffa LCSW. Um, you can find me on my website um, at GinaMaffa.com. And I think those are the best two ways to get in touch with me. I do answer emails. It's a little bit nutty right now with my book out yes. and my private practice is full and et cetera. But I really do try to get back to everyone as much as I possibly can myself. Um, but yeah, you know, what's important to me here is that people feel like there's a place to go when they're grieving or after a loss. And this is important to know, too, is that it's a loss of any kind. And that that was important to stress in my book, um, that we often don't see loss as anything except death related losses. But we've been through so many losses, each of us, whether, you know, we even don't count pet loss in terms of grief, you know, because it seems that people minimize that loss as well. But, you know, divorce, breakups, friendship losses, estrangements, you know, even getting sober, there's so much loss within each mm -hmm. kind of life event that we, you know, we move, we leave things behind. Identities, you know, I have somebody who became a mother and is grieving her old life and, and, and old ways of being. Things that we 
perhaps wouldn't think of as grief um, are incredibly valid and they matter because they affect you in some way. And it's just important to, to feel okay about knowing that what you are, that what you are experiencing is valid. It's just important for me to share that. Is there anything you would say? It, so like when I sometimes see a student and I know they, it might not have been a death, but like you said, like someone was in their life and now they moved away or whatever. And, 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 a, and, and a child is like dealing with that. Is there anything like, I, you know, I'm not their, not their therapist, but I see them every day. Is there anything, yeah. is there any advice you would say to me that I can like consciously think about when I'm interacting with them? So any, 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 I, think, <laughs> I don't know I think I'm trying the, to say. No, no. But, I think what you're trying to say is that you want to be supportive and how do you be supportive without yeah. being their therapist, but also yeah. letting them know that they're in your orbit. What's helpful um, to them? Because I think I've that, seen kids you know, really struggle. You know, I think so for me, I would, I wonder, you know, kind of what is the climate at home? Did their parents talk about feelings, you know, because if they don't, then it'll be harder for kids to talk about feelings because they wouldn't have known how they haven't been modeled it. But I think just letting them know that you care and that you're there if they ever need support or somewhere safe to talk to, you know, that you, they don't, maybe they don't know that you're safe yet, but they will. Um, I think that if it feels like it's something that you could do or feels comfortable for you, just letting them know that, you know, everyone there is supporting them and, you know, whatever they need, it's okay to come to you and ask for that. Mm, um, and, it, good. and it is hard for kids to sort of know what they need, but I think if they have, if they are going to the counselor, um, a, a good counselor in your school would be able to sort right. of know what that is and then perhaps kind of help the community um, give that to them. But, you know, I think just letting a child know that they're, they're not alone and that they're seen and validated in some way or that they're cared for is, is just important. So they don't feel like they're just hiding all the time or they fall under the radar. Okay, good, yeah. thank you. Well, as I was prepping uh, these questions, I realized that I wanted to give your book to another friend and so I'm in the middle of running some free webinars. So anybody listening, I have a free webinar coming up the end of this month. If you go to my Instagram account in the bio, there's a link to register. And I'm just going to take 30 minutes to teach you a strategy that I use with kids, myself, teachers. I did it with my groundskeeper a month ago. And it's a simple strategy to take you up and out out of a negative emotion when someone said something or you or did something to you that you just like can't shake and you are like emotionally charged. And then you got to like go on and do life. And, and it's hard to get past all of that. And this can help help give you the perspective in the moment and lift you out of that negative emotion. So, um, and then, yeah, and, then that. and then I, I, I have an opening to take on another coaching client because I just finished one up this week and I committed to myself that every coaching client I take on, I'm going to donate and think and share your book with one person I know who needs it or share That's with so someone, kind. Who someone who needs it because I, you are just such a beautiful person to me. You make me smile when you leave me your messages on my my um, <laughs> my account, your voicemail. They just they just make me smile. And you are so beautiful and precious. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity like to share that. your book, your message, who you are, because there is someone out there who who you will be someone who speaks to their heart like no one else does. 
So thanks for being you. God willing. Thank you, Karen. And everybody needs, everybody needs your webinars. I love them. You, if, if, I mean, everyone here follows you or they wouldn't have known to come on, but I would say this, you have so many pearls of wisdom, even, I don't know how you do it, even in 30 seconds. And so <laughs> we can all learn from you. We oh. can all learn from you. Thank you for all you're doing because, you know, not just your school, but your entire community and all of us. We're so lucky to know you. So thank you. Thank you. Anyway, we can pay it forward. It makes it, it a beautiful day to wake up and yeah. know that make a difference and help help somebody else so true and i'll see you soon one of these days in new york city i'm yes, gonna come please. visit you, you bet better you we're gonna better. have girls night have so much fun i can't wait yes so i'm thanks. overdue for a while oh so my yes God. yes all right gina well thank Karen, you so much and i'll talk to you soon you so i can't much. wait all right. likewise bye. have a good one bye everyone That's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.